Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at again. Got Pete here, and this time it's, uh, I think this is the very first episode that I'm doing actually by myself. Uh, we've got a lot of things going on. We have the Houston GT that I'm going to next week, so that's why I wanted to go ahead and get something out there. And the easiest thing for me was just looking at this new angler keyword that was revealed uh, the other day. And I just wanted to react to it because I am Bayou player mainly. And I wanted to react just kind of some of the things that I'm noticing about just the cards, things that I like, things that I'm like, eh, and just general reactions to this crazy keyword. Also testing something out on Patreon. We'll do this better next time. I just want to see how the functionality of it works while we're recording. But generally speaking, if you're a patron at patreon.com slash ragequitwire, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna start doing these links while we're live chatting. And that way patrons can hop in, they can type questions, type messages, uh, just generally chat on the side while we record as a group live. And then if we want to include that in the show, we'll shout it out on whoever asked a question or said something. And just it'll kind of spur some just natural conversation between the people on the cast. So I think that's a cool thing to do for our patrons. So I'm just checking it out, seeing if a couple patrons might get on this link. And if not, I'll give a little more heads up next time and we'll uh, we'll try it out. But if somebody hops in and they ask a question about the anglers as I'm talking about them, we'll kind of go into it from there. Uh, but before we do that, just make sure you're checking us out on the YouTube channel. We're posting each weekly episode now on YouTube as well. That way you can see cards while we're talking about it. You can see reactions and just the general kind of uh, a bullshittery that goes on on this podcast. So check us out on YouTube. Uh, definitely as we get closer to 1,000 subs, once we hit 1,000, we'll do another giveaway. Uh, we did that when we hit 500, and we'll do it again once we hit 1,000. So once we hit 1,000, we'll give away either a core box or a title box of your choice, or we have a lot of these new keywords like the anglers coming out that you might want one of those core boxes as well. So uh, just make sure that you go into YouTube, check that out, and I'm going to see if this link will work. Participants, invite backstage. All right, let me see if I can get that link again for that. And I got to paste that on the Patreon because I don't want to just give it to anybody. We do have a couple people popping in, so that is cool. And like I was saying, this is just something I think will be really cool for patrons to... Uh, to share and kind of talk about as we uh, go into this. Let's try that again. There we go. And like I said, testing it out, see what the bugs are with it. But 
make sure that you are checking out the YouTube channel. Like I said, we want to give away stuff each time we hit a major mile marker, like 1,000 subs, 1,500 subs. We're going to give something back to the community because that's what we like to do here. Um, when we get stuff either from Weird, we give it away. When we get you know X amount of patrons, I think the next thing we're trying to get up to 50 patrons. And once we hit that mark, we're planning on doing something. Uh, can't technically be a giveaway on Patreon because they don't uh, allow that. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So this is just another thing we're trying to do for people that support the podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram. We are on Twitter. So just however you want to get it in there, you can. But definitely focusing mostly on the audio. And checking out Chris sending me Age of Sigmar stuff. He's, he's like, hey, you want to look at this Age of Sigmar stuff? Apparently he's at a store somewhere. But anyways, going back, let's get the chat up so I can see that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's one thing. Hey, hey, just nice to have the one person in. Uh, hopefully we can get a couple more in. I know this is last second, but love to get people in there. And yeah, I got a bunch of old nerd stuff that I've just acquired over the years. Um, as well as the sports memorabilia. But yeah, I used to be a big Farmers uh, farmers fan. I'm noticing the Honest Labor box in there, Honest Land box in the uh, back. But what we're going to talk about mostly is the angler keyword. I do want to make sure that it's probably going to be quicker than the other one because it's just me, so it's not as much banter. But also, I just wanted to just give my opinion on it. I am a Bayou player at heart. I'm actually playing them in Houston. I want to get this out quick. That way, there's something for people to have um, while I'm out of town, I'm actually going to Vegas, then Houston. So I'm going to be traveling for like a week here. Um, but I'm, I'm playing by you. So I hope to do well in the tournament and I would play this, this, uh, keyword if I could, uh, this week, well, next weekend, because the Clampets first impression, when I look at this, I see them riding a giant Silurid. So that's kind of interesting because you start thinking like, okay, well, it's this kind of by you, you know, hillbilly family of riding a silverid and i guess they're going for that hillbilly theme um in the swamp so that's cool so my initial impression was how goofy are they going to make this like is this just going to be ridiculous kind of like funny haha but not really playable so i was i was a little hesitant when i saw it because i thought this could be one of those keywords kind of like whiz bang where it's like it's kind of cool and it's funny but maybe it doesn't play well once you put it on the table uh, once i started looking at the cards here though I really changed my mind. There's a lot of cool stuff on these cards where it makes it very playable. I think the better thing about it is it actually, I think, fits a lot of places that Bayou tends to struggle with traditionally. So that's that's something that I definitely am pleased with. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to focus on, I think it's the four cards that came out. We had the Clampets, we had Aunt Mel, Auntie Mel, sorry, Hermits. Uh, no, we had five because we had Bruce and then they did reveal the, uh, the Skulker skin. So we do have five cards to look at. So I'm going to go through them. Uh, if we get a couple more people, fine, uh, that want to kind of just chat in while we're chatting here. Um, if not, I have no problem, just <laughs> no problem talking to Loki Bree. So no problem with it, but let's look at the Clampets first. And this is just the Fisher folk. Um, I think this is the first version. I don't think they've showed the title yet. So it'll be interesting to see how the title plays versus this one. Um, and I do agree that I think Bayou has been, at, as kind of Loki Bree said, 
I think the Bayou has been struggling in GG3 because there's just, I mean, we have the good stuff that we've had for a while, but there hasn't been a lot of sparks to try new things. The titles are okay. Um, the titles have been keeping, I think, Bayou players alive, but this keyword is definitely reigniting the Bayou. Like the Bayou is up in flames and all excited about this. So we got the Fisher folk. I don't know what the title is yet. And so first thing is I noticed the stats are solid. Um, it's six, five, five, as far as six defense, five willpower, five move. They're size three. So, I mean, this thing's going to be on a 50 millimeter base and you have about, looks like two parents. So it's almost like this, uh, almost Al Bundy feel, you know, this married with children, just kind of like hillbilly deluxe on the back of this giant Silurid where they're just going on vacation and you just have some kids in the back, you know, and it, it just, it looks like a crazy, crazy time. So there's a few things that stick out when we look at the front of card abilities on this. Uh, the stats are solid. Like I said, 12 hit boxes. I mean, maybe for a 50 millimeter model, I'd expect it to have a couple more, maybe 13, 14, but 12 is not terrible, right? It is defense six, probably going to hang around, but we start looking at some of the other defensive abilities. It's hard to kill. So you're going to prevent getting one or two shotted, obviously not one shotted with 12, but you know, one or two shots isn't going to drop it because you got to get it to that one mark and then kill it again. The big thing I, I guess, since it's a Silurid, it has stealth. So somehow you can't see this giant Silurid with the clampets cladding on the back of it. Uh, and yeah, it's, it has stealth. So you have this huge model, it has stealth. And that means you can't target if you're not within six of it. So definitely something that is going to help it stay up a lot longer. Uh, it's it's definitely, as a Bayou Master, just those two abilities alone and the solid stats might make it one of the more survival ones. Yeah, it got, got in there. Good to see you. Glad the link started working. Um, yeah, just getting a couple more people in the chat. This is something that I definitely want to start doing with the... Uh, with the patrons, just something cool to do for them. So, plus I like getting the feedback and when we see, we won't get all the questions that people do, but as people start having good questions or just ridiculous questions, those are the ones we're probably gonna pull off. Um, but yeah, the clampets with stealth and hard to kill and solid stats are gonna make it just, it's not gonna go away quick. This is something that's, Bayou has struggled a lot against guns in general. Uh, a lot of our masters do and this is probably the first one where it's like, hey, you know, I know guns, maybe not so scary with the clampets. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the other front of card abilities, pretty decent. Uh, they got, what's that? Brackish bullies. So at the end of this model's activation, it may choose either a scheme or tide marker within two and drop the other marker into base contact with it, then remove the chosen marker. So doing some marker switching there, marker kind of placing, which we're going to see this keyword does a lot with those tide markers. So that'll be important for setting up some of your uh, combos. And then we have chum in the water, which I noticed a couple models have this. It's just uh, the model's unaffected by tide markers. Um, while in base contact with it though, you do get a plus to your defense duels. So once again, another thing helping keeping the clampets up, helping keep these anglers up and going. So it's not going to give you a boost, but anytime you're flipping two cards and taking the highest, that's always solid. Uh, and the last one on the front is use them as bait. So this is just once per activation. Any model comes into base contact with friendly tide marker in line of sight, which your size three, so 50 mil base, probably going to see them. Uh, it must either discard a card or you get to draw a card. So you have, it's not... 
I don't know if this is overpowered, but I think I was talking with Zach about it. And he, he, it reminded him a lot of Von Stuck where it's like, yes, you have an option. You can make it where we don't line up suits. So I don't draw a card. Same thing here. I think discarding is worse. I mean, I guess technically cheating is kind of a discard, but discarding stuff out of your hand just so I don't draw a card never feels good. Uh, if you ask me, um, just never, never good. So I like the front of the card, solid, defensive, get a little card draw on there. Uh, I do think weird, I don't know if they're being smarter with these uh, keywords, but I think they are starting to notice that the, the crews that can't draw cards at least a little bit, not even like every activation, but if your crew can't draw two to three cards throughout the turn, you're kind of missing the power curve, I think. Um, even if it's card cycling, so maybe you're not technically drawing a card. Maybe you're just pitching a lower card, drawing a card. Uh, still good. So, But I think they're starting to hopefully learn that if you don't have some kind of either card cycling or card draw, it's really hurting a lot of these other crews that can't do it. So I, I think that's a big deal. Uh, as far as the actions on this, on the Clampets, the Fisher Folk, man, there's there's so much going on here. But tongue lashing seems a little ridiculous to me. Uh, first off... The Bayou player gets to choose whether the resist is defense, movement, or willpower. Uh, and it's a 2-4-5 damage track. So I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, especially if you're a newer player. But there's a lot of models out there that have resist triggers, but it's resist only on defense or it's resist on willpower. Uh, some Somebody, maybe they have... Because if they have a crap move, maybe they're only move four. Uh, maybe if their willpower is only a two... So you can really choose to line up the lowest stat on the model that you're going after. And 245 is not, not a bad damage track. Obviously, you're you're shooting for the moderate and severe there. But either or, I'll, I mean, I'll take that. Tongue lashing solid. It's a one-inch reach. Uh, it, it's going to be a good attack. Mental trauma is okay most of the time. People, but once again, we're seeing hand pressure here, right? Because they either have to discard a card or they take three more damage. So we're seeing a lot of pressure already just from the master here where it's like, okay, I get this benefit or you get this negative unless you discard. So you're putting hand pressure on your opponent, which is always good, uh, especially if you go late activation with these uh, crazy clampets. Whirlpool, that's the mass trigger. So the target and the enemy models within one of it may be placed anywhere within three of this model. This is going to be pretty good for kidnapping some stuff um, or just repositioning uh it, it's just you got to think it's within one of it right because it says target and enemy models within one of it so you place them anywhere within three of this model and it's a 50 mil base it's within one of it and it's not completely so it's like there can be so much movement with this that you really, you could do this to your friendly models too. I don't know if you would as much, but man, you can really kidnap a model with that whirlpool attack. So just kind of keep that in mind. It's, it's a tongue lashing is good. Tongue lashing is super solid. Uh, let's see here. So we have fishing with dynamite. So that is an eight inch. It's not a gun. So definitely big um, in a lot of situations. Stat six, once again, so we see, once again, a lot of good stats for these actions, attacks, and abilities. So it's only enemy, though. 
So the target suffers two, three, four. They all have a blast. If a blast marker touching is touching a uh, tide marker, you get to draw a card. So this could just be accidental, and this isn't once per once per activation. So you could literally just fish with some dynamite three times, draw three cards, and do some damage. Um, it doesn't remove the tide marker. Uh, that might have been a mistake. If I see a tide marker and I see a crappy model that I just want to shoot um, and draw cards, boom, there it is. Uh, and it has a mask uh, trigger that you can do to also throw out stagger because why not? So blast, a range attack that can throw out blast staggered is pretty good, especially when you consider for tongue lashing, you can choose to attack their movement. So you can reduce their movement by two so let's say they're move five, because that's what most models are. Reduce it by two, so now they're stat five on their move. Then I charge in with tongue lashing, or I don't. I could, I could have just already been within one inch. And now my stat six tongue lashing is going against their stat three move value. So just huge, huge. Anytime you can attack the movement, unless it's a ridiculously fast crew like Zip, uh, Ulix, uh, Colette, well, I guess their stats are still pretty much five, but any crew where they have like speed six, seven, eight, if you're a zip, uh, really good. Reel in, so this is another attack action. Um, you target a marker. If it does, it says you may, so you don't even have to do this, but if you do, ignore this action's resist, push either this model or the target four inches towards the other. If the push is interrupted, enemy models within one of the moved object must either pass a 13 move duel or suffer two damage. So it's kind of just some movement shenanigans. You can either move markers. So let's say there's a marker that's giving somebody a benefit. You can move it. And then if it's stopped or when it stops, and then you have to pass that uh, TN 13, you can also use it to move the clampage. So that's kind of cool. Uh, it does have a built-in mask because you need it. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm just looking at the mask. And it's against move once again. So I guess you just need the built-in mask for it to go off. <laughs> sure, I guess. Um, but you have fling back. So when resolving, this is on the crow trigger. Instead of pushing towards the object, push in any direction. Additionally, models damaged by this action suffer plus one damage. So, I mean, sure, that's something. And then we got a big one. Drop a ski marker into base contact with this model or the target. I think that's going to be the better trigger because you can use that to leave your mark. You can use that to um, score a random other scheme, sabotage. Uh, lots of things that you can set up with that. So that, that'll probably be good to have in your pocket. You're not going to use it all the time. And then probably my favorite action on here is the bonus. Uh, so it's a Sillerid Stomp. This is a pseudo leap. <laughs> so you have place this model anywhere within range. Enemy models within one must pass TN13 move duel. Once again, a move duel or suffer two damage. So you can really set this up where you're reducing the movement and then just Sillerid Stomping in, doing two damage to a couple models and then tongue lashing, dropping models off the table. Um, so... You need, it has a built-in RAM. You don't need a suit for this. So essentially you just need a five for this to go off. Um, and it's a leap. So you're getting six plus your 50 mil base. So that's almost eight inches of movement just off your bonus action. Pretty freaking solid. Um, and then gone fishing is the RAM built-in trigger. So drop a severe tide marker into base contact with this model. So you do the leap, put the tide marker down. 
Uh, so you're already getting the defensive abilities for uh, Chum in the Water. And we're going to see that there's a couple of other abilities that say when enemy models in a tide marker, this thing happens. So I like the Clampets a lot. They're, they're very schemey. They're very tanky. Uh, positive flips on those. They can get rid of and move markers around. Uh, definitely a very flexible crew. Lots of things going on there. Lots of killer combos that are going to be fun to see and uh, kind of unlock. So I'm a big fan of the Clampets. Like, I was kind of worried when they released this kind of, you know, it's a typical cartoony Bayou fucking master where it's just, it's so silly looking that you're like, how silly are they going to make this? And I really was worried about it being like whiz bang. So when this art was revealed, I was talking with, I think it was Zach and I was just like, Hey, this, uh, I'm not excited about this. I think they might take this too cartoony and we might just get another whiz bang keyword, which I know people like whiz bang. I like them too. But when we look at how they actually act, like perform on the battlefield, they, it just tends to not work very well unless you just surprise people or just flip hot or for some reason they don't try to just kill your models. <laughs> but the Clampets, they're they're going to do some work. They're going to play in some stuff that uh, that are going to really they're going to be a solid fit. They, they're filling some gaps that we had in the Bayou. Uh, Anti Mel, Anti Mel's the next model that I'm talking. Actually, well, no, we're not going to talk about Anti Mel yet. We need to go to the totem. We're talking about Bruce. So Bruce, he's a shark and he doesn't eat fish, I guess. But got to talk about the totem after the master, right? I actually like Bruce a lot. Bruce is a cool little totem. He's a good boy. He's a dog. And he stat four defense, four will, sorry, stat five defense, four willpower, six moves. So quick little bugger. Uh, he is insignificant. I think the biggest thing is he does have accomplice. So you can set up some cheeky little combos and then just accomplice uh, to then activate another model within six of them. Uh, he does have chum in the water, so that's one of our keyword abilities we're starting to see. Hunting partner, uh, that that's fine. I mean, I've seen hunting partner in other models. I don't think I've used it as much, though. Um, and then latch on is good. Any models in base contact with this model suffer minus one defense. That can set up some of your cool combos that you want to do, make it easier to hit models. Uh, he does have a trapping jaws attack. It's stat four, but you know, whatever it's one, two, three staggered. So now we're starting to see other models that are also putting out staggered. So we're going to assume probably that there's going to be other models that are also attacking move characteristics, um, and stats in their abilities and, and, uh, actions. Uh, is a co you're coming with me trigger. That's fine. So you could charge something and then drag it to your crew. So then you can kill it. Um, drool tactical action that it has it's only once per activation you drop a tide marker perfect this is what you want a totem to do you want it to enable what your crew is freaking doing so you know you're gonna have this thing go up maybe do an attack drool all over put a tide marker down into base contact and then it has this bonus family pet uh only angler friendly angler place this model into base contact with it uh the target may either heal to or draw a card this fantastic totem well built does a couple things. It's a three inch reach on the family pet or three inch range, I should say. But this is exactly what I want a totem to do. It's it's not like broken, it's not busted, but it's doing the thing your crew wants to do. It gives you a little bit of positive for it activating, gives you a card. So you need a card, boom, go ahead and let's set this up. Let's do family pet. Uh, you need, just put a tide marker down somewhere, boom, drool all over the place, get, get one of those stupid tide markers down. So this is exactly what you want a totem to do. Just set up, 
do what you need to do. Just set up what your crew wants. Uh, definitely allows for a lot of counterplay. Uh, Bruce will be something that people want to take out. Uh, he because he is a good little like hey tech pick for his not tech pick but he he puts out things that your crew wants to do. So this is a model where it's like if you can kill it, you're just like yeah let's go ahead and drop Bruce so we can stop worrying about the card draw, stop worrying about accomplice. I think accomplice is going to be the big one where it's like that's that's kind of the cool thing is not only is he helping you out. But then you can accomplish into the model that matters, right? So you can go, okay, I do want to go with anti-mel, but let me draw a card first, see if I can sculpt my hand a little bit. Uh, let me put a tide marker down first. Let me maybe put a couple damage on this model. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do with Bruce. So let's go ahead and accomplish into anti-mel then, shall we? <laughs> so anti-mel is being heralded as the second coming of Francois. Not really, but she's pretty good. She is a henchman. She costs nine stones just like Francois did and does. Uh, we all know Francois got nerfed because he was stupid good. So let's see if Auntie Mel is, is doing what uh, we kind of miss Francois for, right? So we have Chum in the Water. As we talked about that. Uh, she also does have... Nope, I think that's the only thing as far as keywords she has, though. But that's the give plus to your defense flips if you're on uh, Tide Marker. Uh, let's see here. Gunfighter. Perfect. Very flexible. Uh, she is defense six. So also great to see on your henchman. Uh, inclement weather. After this model's activation, it drops a severe tide marker. Once again, doing what our keyword wants to do. Perfect. That's, ex this is what we want to see when, this is how you keep your, your lists in keyword. Uh, I think weird is doing a better job and, and they have moving three E and up to now trying to encourage people to keep in keyword because yeah you can bring some of the really just disgusting stuff but when you have models that just do a little bit of that do a little bit of that you know drop the severe drop the uh tide marker draw cards you get this benefit for tide markers that's what that's what encourages players to keep in keyword and build some solid lists so perfect love seeing that predatory instinct man how come she's not angler and apex that's kind of my question. Anti-Mel, are you hanging out with Cooper? <laughs> um, yeah, so if you don't know what Predatory Instinct is, basically you get to choose um, to make either your duel or damage a neg or a positive. So if I go, okay, I want to flip an extra card to, or an extra uh, to hit on the duel. I'll say, okay, I'm going to take an extra positive on the duel, but I'll take an extra negative on the damage. Uh that's awesome. If you've played Cooper against it, you can see the benefits of it. Or if you're trying to fish for some severe, uh, maybe you have a focus already anyways. Okay, I'll take a negative on the to hit and I'll take another positive. So instead of flipping at a positive for your duel when you use a focus, you're at a straight. But then you're at a double positive for the damage. And we'll look at her old thunder and see if that's kind of worth doing in some situations. But Predatory Instinct is good um, if you haven't seen it. So we have White Whale. I love this. Just getting the White Whale, chasing after that trophy. Man, they really, this should be, maybe it'd make Cooper too good, but man, missed out putting Annie Mel in Apex for sure. Uh, White Whale, after deployment, basically you choose a non-leader of seven or more, and that gets adversary um, Ant Mel, anti-Mel, and it can't be removed. So the whole game, she's hunting after that model, and... Just 
getting a positive on the duel, which is awesome for predatory instinct. So Anti-Mel does have a 10-inch gun. Old Thunder, bringing the thunder. <laughs> it's stat 6 with a mask built in against defense. So 10's pretty good. 10's pretty good. So Old Thunder is 245. So once again, we're seeing we want to get onto the uh, onto the severe part of it, right? We want to get onto the moderate. Uh, two's fine. But if the target has adversary and Mel, it also gains injured one. So not only are you damaging the white whale target, but you're also putting out injured one, which then makes it easy. So once you get that first hit, it's like phew, game on. Like this this model's taking damage. Crit strike, which is huge. So it's not built in though. So you got a stone if you want it and maybe flip a high ram. So you can get plus two to your damage. So it could be instead of a two, four, five, it could be a four, six, seven, which is really good. Like you can force some powerful shots with that. A little resource intensive, which makes her not broken. But against the white whale target where you're also injuring the crap out of that model, this can get gross. Uh, the mask on that attack is trophy hunter only against enemies. Um, after killing, drop a scheme marker into base contact. So just dropping a scheme. Um, I mean, that, that's fine. I mean, you could have a scheme out there. That's not a big deal. She has an attack action that's a bonus. So it's surface level observation against willpower, range 10. So I do like the range on this. And I also like that she has gunfighter. So if somebody goes into her, she can defend herself. She can smack you in combat. But you get to look at the top three cards of the target's fate deck and place them back in any order. So if I see if I do this on the white whale target, and then I see the white whale target has just a tra like trash cards and maybe one okay card, man, put that black joker on top, and then just beat the bricks off of it, and you get to do that. You see the crap cards that allows you to go so for some super aggressive plays. So if I see you have the black joker when I do surface level observation, go ahead and put that on top, and then I go cool. Now I'm going to attack you with old thunder. I'm going to stone for a ram. Boom, you flip the Black Joker. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and cheat in this other ram. So now I have double crit strike. And then you just destroy the model for like seven damage. Solid plays. Um, I do. <laughs> I love the Tome Trigger. It's called I Can't Read. I Can't Read. You know I can't read. I can't read a lot, so that's fine. But uh, you choose a suit. The target must discard a card of the chosen suit. If they cannot, they must instead reveal their control hand. This is kind of cool. Um, and you can do that purposefully. If you want to see what they have in their hand, you could just be like, cool, I didn't see, I don't know what, a tome in there. Let me go ahead and see your hand because there's no tomes in there. Uh, also, probably the one that you're going to want, though, is the quick shot. So you get to take, um, take, take a range action. So shoot Old Thunder again. So you can shoot her gun three times. And it's not too difficult because... I mean, it's just, it's not too difficult. You just need a mask, need to win that duel. Um, and then you get two other shots with your actions. A tactical action, showing them the ropes. Uh, this is targeting, and this is only once per turn. Other friendly anglers. So you get to heal one, two, three, and they gain a focus. Pretty solid. She can go ahead and heal up, you know, with the clampets. Survival skills. If you get a tome, also she gets to heal one, two, three. So double healing is always sexy. What you say about my pappy is the crow. So if there are no enemy models with adversary Ant Mel in play, choose a non-leader, seven points or more. Go ahead and put it out again. It can't be removed. So if you kill the white whale and there's another high priority target that's seven or higher, 
stones, slap it on them again. Um, I don't think they're not a range to that. It just says enemy models and blah, blah, blah. Choose a non-leader enemy model within seven cusp or more in line of sight. So the only thing is you need to see the model. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. So go white whale hunting. So maybe if you're playing against angler, you're like, oh, let's keep our models cheap. Anti-mill won't have anything to go into. I don't think you play around it, but it's good. Anti-mill's a, oh, a home run for the bayou. Uh, I hear people saying, you know, I'm going to take her out of keyword. She's going to be solid, which I do see that, right? She's, she's good. And you could probably drop her in a lot of lists and she, cause the thing is she helps the angler crew, but I'm not necessarily sure the angler crew helps out her a ton. Um, the only thing is if you take her out of keyword, showing them the ropes doesn't really work because you'd have to bring another angler model to do that. So that's a dead tactical action at that point. So just kind of keep that in mind if you take her out of keyword. So anti-mel, two thumbs way, way up. Good model. I love it. Uh, however, I will say, I love the hermits more. <laughs> People were really excited against anti-mel. I'm just like, am I, am I the bad guy for liking hermits more than anti-mel? I mean... I don't know if these hermits are riding a hermit crab or if they are the hermit crab. I don't know if they have a hermit crab shell and they're just using it and walking around in it like it's a costume. Uh, but it's awesome. I it, The picture makes me think it's them as the hermit because you have one kind of popping up, taking the shell off. And then you have the other one that has like these periscopes that they're looking out and... I'm guessing it's like some Fred Flintstone stuff where they're walking around and you can see their feet at the bottom. Um, very Bayou-esque models and just super, super entertaining. Just, I love what they did with this because the models hit home. It fits the characteristics of the keyword and the Bayou. And then we start looking at what this seven stone minion does. You can bring two of them. Um, how big are these on a 40? They probably are. They're size two, they are on a 40. So they're a little bigger. They're 5-5 five, five defense and willpower. They're move 4. They're slow. It's okay. You'll see why. And they're size 2. So they are a little bigger than normal gremlins because there's a couple of them probably in a shell suit. They are armor 2. Uh, Bayou armor 2 stuff, traditionally pretty decent. Chum in the water. So once again, they're getting the plus defense if they're uh, next to or in base contact with a tide marker. Here's where it gets really good for Bayou. This is the first model that we have that has extended reach. So, boom. you If you're within two of them, you can't take your attack action on charge. We have not had that in the Bayou. That has not existed. All you other keywords that have it have been spoiled. <laughs> we also have take the hit in the same model. So the Hermits are not only going to stop you from charging... You know, kind of like a disguised ability. But also if, and I think I was talking with a couple people in the Discord about this, where it's like, there's a lot of stuff, once again, in the Bayou that doesn't like shooting. We don't like being shot at. Gremlins explode when they get shot at. So this helps out a ton because let's, we, I think we were talking about, um, this might have been actually in the Malifaux Discord, but we were talking about, I think, Lenny 
uh, for Somers keyword. He doesn't like being shot. Alphonse doesn't like being shot. Uh, plenty of masters don't like being shot. Brewmaster doesn't like being shot. So this is just something where it's armor two taking the hit. So you got to do at least, you know, you got to do more than three damage. You got to do four damage to put more than one damage on these hermits. So definitely makes them really strong into Bayou. A couple of abilities we just haven't had. And the last ability, and this is just like a cherry on the cake, or cherry on the cake, cherry on the pie, cherry on your soda, whatever you want to call it. But Phalanx, other friendly models that start their activation within three, get shielded one. So taking the hit, giving out shielding. Love it. And it's a freaking sweet looking model. Love it. They only have, what, six hit boxes, But armor two will help that. Sure, there's going to be some armor piercing. You just got to deal with it. It's it it's just a thing. And if they're killing the seven stone minion instead of the clampets who are going to hop and squish people, thank you. <laughs> so we have stealth models. We have models with take the hit. We have some armor. We have anti-mel. We're getting positive on our defensive flips. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. So the Hermit's attack actions, So because after all that amazing stuff I said, they still have actions, right? So they have a spear attack, two, three, four, nothing to write home about. It's it's okay. Has a built-in crow. It's a two-inch reach, which is good, especially in, uh, what's the one? I'd have to pull it. I'll pull it up when I edit this video, but it's the strat where you secretly choose, you, you know, models to basically put the object down, the claim token down. But, um... So two inch reach to engage models so they can't score that. Really good. But the built-in defensive fighting trigger, uh, basically when resolving this action's damage flip gets a negative, then the model, then this model gains shielded condition with a value equal to the damage to the target. So you're putting shielding two on this if you somehow still spike or get red joker, shielding five. So that's sweet. I think that's definitely what you want in the model. Uh, and it has a knock side trigger, great for uh, guard the stash, great for other ones where you need to be in an area. Um, toss spear, got a gun on there because why not have a 10-inch gun? Very interesting how rangy this crew is. Um, I know 10 doesn't seem like a super far range, um, but it's pretty good for Bayou. Uh, pretty good. So 2, 3, 4 damage again. Uh, you can also give out injured and poison if you get the crow. So, I mean, that's fine. If you don't have anything else to do, if you're not within charge range, go ahead and just, I guess, throw one. Uh, you also have seashells by the swamp shore, which is a tactical action. Until the end phase, tide markers within range are treated as hazardous. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, if you're in a scrum or if you have one kind of under an enemy, just make it hazardous. That way, when they activate, they're taking little ping damage. Uh, gone fishing trigger. Once again, get to drop a tide marker into base contact with itself. This is a good tactical action. You might not do it all the time. Uh, scuttle is a good one, though. You get to remove a marker within range, push the target up to, or sorry, push this model up to its move in any direction. So just good bonus action move. Helps you get rid of some of those annoying markers that other people are using. Maybe underbrush, uh, the stupid uh, pylon markers for Hoffman 2. A lot of different things that you can remove with this. And then it gives you movement. So not only are you doing a bonus to get rid of this, you know, um, marker, but then you also get the benefit of moving. So definitely cool.
Uh, and then the last model, I think we already saw this one a while ago, but I'll just talk about it real quick, is the Skulker skin. So this kind of reminds me of a Bushwhacker. Um, it's stat fives across the board, so five defense, willpower, move. And it really does remind me of, of our Bushwhackers, but let's see what they have that makes them a little different. So they have Beneath the Leaves, which is, is one of the abilities that I think one of the Apex shooting dudes has. Uh, basically, if this model's within three of Sphere, Hazardous, and or Concealing Terrain, enemy models treat the area within three as having those same. So you could put yourself um, next to a um, Tide Marker, and then it's severe uh, if you make it hazardous, and then all of a sudden it increases to like a three-inch aura, which is pretty cool. Chum in the water. On the move, at the start of this model's activation, it may move three inches, ignoring other models. Cool. And it has stealth, so we have more stealth. So we have lots of range. We have stealth. We have take the hit. We have anti-mel. Looking like some pretty solid just things. And this isn't even the whole keyword, right? There's other models that we just haven't seen yet. Probably we haven't seen enforcers yet. Uh, when we look at Damien and his keyword, I think he had, what, is there two or three enforcers in there? So we've seen the minions, which maybe these are all the minions there are. Um, and we saw the henchmen in one of the master titles. So not, sorry, we saw one of the masters, probably the first version. We haven't seen the title yet. Uh, squishy model, five hit points. So if you get into them, they will die. And then the actions. Okay, <laughs> we have another 10-inch gun. It's a blow dart, so I guess they're just like... A <laughs> Shooting darts all over the place. It's kind of freaky. Uh, they ignore concealment. Yes. Yes. This is what we need. A lot of concealment out there. The fact that they can just ignore it. Great. It's only one, two, three damage though. So, but this model can then push up to three inches in any direction. So that's okay. Onslaught. You can take the action again. Uh, you can put out injured and poison. Man, a lot of injured going on in this crew. You have a hand because if you've played a model or a crew that cares about uh, crows, like I play Brewmaster, lots of crows, right? Because that's how you get drunk. And there's just sometimes where you draw a bunch of the suits that are like your your keyword suits. Like some people, it's tomes. Some masters, it's you know rams. For a lot of masters, it's crows. There's a lot of crow triggers that are pretty good. But I'm also seeing a lot of triggers that are just, there's, there's a lot of sporadic triggers of every suit. So yeah, I'm seeing a lot of crows for injured. But man, this 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 faction loves just triggers. So stun is going to be something that kills them. But the good thing is, a lot of their stuff stealth. So good luck putting stunned at range. Uh, you got to get into them, it sounds like. Uh, last thing the Skulker skin has. So the gun isn't that scary. I'm trying to think, let's look at the bonus, because I'm trying to think why I would bring the Skulker, but let me see what the bonus does. Target-friendly scheme or tide marker within range. Place this model in the base... Ah! Place this model in the base contact with the target. Then drop either a scheme marker or a severe tide marker into base contact with the target, then remove it. So we have a pseudo-leap here, right? So this... And I was just to be like, why would I take this model? So you basically can choose either a friendly scheme, which if we go back to, was that 
I think it was Auntie Mel who dropped a scheme marker at range when she killed a model. I was like, okay, that's fine. But now it's like, oh crap, you can use that trigger, drop a scheme. And then if the Skulker skins nearby, maybe move up, do the bonus to get in base contact with that, and then go ahead and score, sabotage, breakthrough, whatever. Um, Okay. I, I was about to say, I don't know about bringing this model, but just, man, this this is just kind of a, it is a schemey kind of weird, tanky fighting crew. Obviously, the Skulker's not tanky, but but definitely the Clampets are. Anti-Mel's pretty solid. So it's kind of like you, you're going to have this weird kind of scrum going on somewhere in the board, whether it's Guard the Stash or the other one. Um, you could even... You could probably do Carve the Path with this crew. I could see you bringing Skulkers and having them um, do Carve the Path. But this is a flexible crew. This is one that is scheme-heavy. This is one that can fight. This is one that can get attrition, draw cards. I'm I'm really excited for this crew, and the models look sick. So it checks all the blocks of everything that I like and that I'm going to want to do with this crew. So... Where does this crew fit in, right? So this is kind of, I talked with a couple people about this. Um, I talked with Dixon about some of this stuff. And a lot of positive things for the Bayou. A lot of positive things that people are saying. Um, It's just a lot of drawing, a lot of damage. Um, Dixon thinks, like kind of like me, Hermits are kind of the MVP of the keyword. I think... Hermits are the models that are going to see taken out a keyword the most. Just in some of those bad matchups where it's like, we don't want our stuff getting shot at. Let's put the Hermits in there. Um, <laughs> Dixon said, anti-Mel's the fan favorite. Which, I, I from reading all the Bayou stuff, I can tell you 100% everybody loves anti-Mel. Uh, I, there were, I think I was talking to a couple people in our Discord, and there were some who are concerned about her having injured on a stick. Um, just the fact that it's like, Hey, if you do damage to the, the white whale target, you're just putting out injured. So I, I can definitely understand that. It's, uh, she's good. I, I got to put it on the table to see how good she is. She might be busted and disgusting. I don't think so. I think she's solid in keyword. I think you can take her out of keyword and she'll function fine. Um, but I do agree with Dixon that the hermits are the MVP. The hermits are the things that the Bayou needed, right? So I'm definitely happy that this keyword is coming out. It's going to do a lot of good for the Bayou, but where does it fit? So I'm going to pull up a couple of quick strats and schemes that um, traditionally we, you know, we have in gaining grounds and how it kind of fits for the Clampets and the, and the, um, the Angler crew. So, Covert Operation, that's the one I was trying to think of that I didn't know. They could very easily do Covert Op. Um, covert Op's an interesting one that I've traditionally used Zip and Maw for. You can use other keywords for it. Um, I'm playing Somer again. Somer can play that one fine, I think. Um, so that's just that's just something they can do, and I think they might do it better. i got to get some games in, but they might do that better than a lot of our keywords. Um, I think zip might be the only one that can do that a little bit better in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> cursed objects. Eh, this is the one that I don't, 
I don't think I'd take them in because they do have some squishiness. Like, if you, you can't bring skulkers into this. So if you did cursed objects, you would want to bring, obviously, um, you could bring some hermits. They are armor too. Uh, we don't know what the rest of the keyword is, but it would definitely be like hermits, anti-mel, and let's see if we have some other tanky stuff. If not, bring some of our tankier out of keyword and versatile stuff. So <clears throat> they could do that. Um, guard the stash definitely can do this one. They have a lot of movement shenanigans. They like being in areas. So I like them in guard the stash. They might take this away from brewmaster. Um, traditionally brewmaster two has been a guard the stash person. And I think he does it really well, but the clambits can also do it really well. So I'm very, very, very curious to see if they can pry that away from brewmaster, uh, moonshiners, you know, fingers. And then the last one's Carve the Path. I think they can do this. This is where the Skulkers probably shine a little bit. Uh, just put some Tide Markers or Scheme Markers out there. And then all of a sudden they have something they can just jump to and from. And, you know, they're moving around. So definitely can do all these. And they can do... I can see them doing pretty much any of these schemes with the exception of um, maybe Public Demonstration. We have to see what their other models are worth. And then the other one, which is uh, load them up. They probably could actually do load them up. They do seem to put out a fair amount of uh, those tide markers and they don't seem to remove them. Uh, if I'm looking at this correct, I think when I was looking at these cards, I didn't see a lot of abilities that were like remove tide markers to get X benefit. I don't think I saw a lot of that. I think most of them were just moving them and keeping them really. Um, if so, ignore the range, push interrupted, and monitored. Yeah, it doesn't remove it there. Yeah. So I think this is I think this is a good crew for that then. I think this would be a good crew for that uh load them up because you're gonna have I mean you have two models that just drop them at the end of their activation so far. Um so I mean at the end of turn what turn two, you have at least four on the table unless your opponent removes them. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't see them being destructible. Uh, tide marker, other marker, no. So they're not destructible. So unless you have something that targets and removes markers, uh, you're you're gonna have a tough time removing them. So this is something that makes that scheme very, very doable. Very, very doable. Uh, so honestly, I can, and maybe Zach's right. Maybe this is very comparable to Von Stuck, where it's just like. You know, they can pretty much flex into almost anything. It's just, do you like the key keyword? Um, is there, it's all, so if you listen to the last, last podcast, Jesse and I were talking, okay, why not Maw Tucket? This would probably be a very similar conversation where it's like, why not the Clampets? So not only why not Maw, but also why can't the Clampets do this? And you would just have to have somebody like Ophelia who can do it super well. You have somebody like Zip who's super mobile. So yeah, I'm excited about this keyword. It, I would love to hear what people think and just kind of experience it more on the table. I'm sure people are going to start dropping it um, into Vassal. I'm sure people are going to start proxying it at home. So I'm curious to see what people think. I think it's going to be a solid keyword. I think it's going to do a lot of cool things. And we haven't even seen the title and the other crap yet. So <laughs> it might even get better as they show us more. So let us know what you think. Let us know 
in the YouTube comments. Let us know in the Discord, Twitter, Instagram as we post pictures of these models whenever they come out. Let us know what you think about them. Uh, I, I think it's exciting a lot of the Bayou. I think it's going to be fun to play. It doesn't seem like a super negative play experience. There's nothing... The injured might be the only thing where your opponent's like, oh, I'm like injured five and have no defense. That might be the only thing. Um, so I would say as far as negative play experience, that might be the only thing with just, I have no defense and you're killing my stuff or moving my stuff or denying me stuff. But as far as your opponents being able to do things, I think they'll have fun just seeing the the crazy just shenanigans you can do with this keyword. And it'll be awesome to see on the table. I'm excited to paint it whenever they come out. Um, I'm out. I don't, I don't know when they're releasing all this new stuff. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be in the fall or winter. They're going to slow roll it out. Like they've done all these titles. I'm definitely curious to see how they do it. I haven't seen anything as far as release dates yet. Um, I know, I think the book's supposed to come out this month, but uh, that's all I've heard. So it'll be good when that book comes out, though, so we can see all this and see uh, the totality of not just the clampets and the anglers, but also, okay, what else is, you know, that getting? What else is this getting? What are the other masters? Definitely excited. Definitely excited. So also, let me know what you think. Uh, patrons that were chatted on this, we only got a few chats, which is fine. Um, but let me know if you guys like listening to it and watching it. Obviously, it'll be better when we have more on the episode. Luckily, the hurricane didn't hit too hard here. It did hit Dixon pretty hard in Puerto Rico, though, which is why he hasn't been on the podcast in a few weeks. So it'll be more fun once he's back up on it, um, when we have a guest on this. But like I said, I just want to do this real quick, test it out, get it out for people because I'm leaving for Vegas tomorrow. So this is a quick turnaround. I got to edit this stuff and um, get it out on the airways and YouTube. Uh, I'll have it done by today, but I won't release it till probably Wednesday. I'll probably throw it right up for patrons cause y'all rock. But, uh, until that being said, or until, until that being said, till next time, I will say to you, flip cards and flip tables. See y'all next time. <laughs>